Welcome back to another episode of the Pop Rewind podcast. I'm Linz. And I'm Lee. And today we're talking about TV shows you've never watched. Wait, shows I've never watched? Shows you've never watched and shows that I've never watched shows that it's a weird topic, you guys, but stay tuned. It's going to make a little more sense. Okay. So my idea for this was there's a lot of TV shows out there and there's some really obscure ones that maybe I've watched that Lee hasn't or that you guys haven't watched that, you know, I was really passionate about when it was on and no one had any idea what I was talking about. That sounds like your entire childhood. Accurate. (laughs) (laughs) But I know you've got some TV shows as well that you were really obsessed with, and I had no idea what you were talking about for the longest time. So I thought we'd delve in. These shows are mostly from the 80s and 90s, things we would watch as a kid that our friends weren't watching that years later we would go online and try to find any fan sites or any posts about them, and there's just nothing on the internet about these shows. There are now. And some of them have been released, others not so much. Yeah, it's funny. There's like this dark period of the internet from the like early 90s to the mid 90s where things just don't feel like they're recorded online. You know what I mean? Like you can go online and find stuff from like the 70s and the 80s, but something about the early 90s, it's just like maybe because the internet was current at the time, so that stuff wasn't like really documented and it's just fallen or it was all in like geo city sites that don't exist anymore i don't know or even that period when the vcr was kind of being phased out and no one really had or no one cared to tape anything anymore yeah there was that period in in the late 90s early 2000s where just how how were you recording stuff was no youtube yet and um vcrs were pretty much phased out if you got lucky, you found a torrent or something weird. But other than that, these things are all lost to time. Yeah, and the quality on those were always terrible, too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, some of my bootlegs are just not great. Mm-hmm. Beachcombers, the Canadian edition. <laughs> all right, so we're going to get into some of these shows, but I made sure for myself to set out a couple rules that I wouldn't pick anything super Canadian Or if it is a Canadian show, it's something that did air in the States. So I'm not trying to be super obscure with my weird Canadian shows. There are things that you guys in America and Lee would have had a chance to see. So wait a minute. The topic of the show is to talk about shows that nobody's heard of. (laughs) Correct. But don't pick obscure shows that nobody's heard of. But nobody's (laughs) likely to have heard of the shows you pick anyway. I didn't want to get overly canadian and be like, oh, guys, let's watch some YTV take part. And what? yeah, so I, I wanted there to be a chance that you guys may have seen it so we can talk about it, too. I mean, if you have seen any of these or you have other shows that you think we should check out that we probably haven't seen, hit us up on Twitter at Pop Rewind Online and let us know. OK. Yeah, I think that's fair. Why don't you start us out? Uh, let's hear the first show that you have in mind for this topic. The show that kind of made me think about this topic was called Forever Night, which aired from 1992 to 1996. It is Canadian, but but it aired on CBS. I've never heard of this show. You say it's called Forever Night? Yes. Can I guess the premise of the show before you say the premise of the show? Ooh, yeah, that's actually kind of fun. Okay. I'm thinking it's about, like, a night... Like, you know, medieval night, 
Okay. And he lives forever and becomes like a 90s sitcom dad. Go. You know, that's not that far off. No, he <laughs> is. He's a vampire who's trying to unvampire himself. And he is a detective. Oh my god, I called it. I called it. watch it casually the only thing i really remembered was that you know he's trying to unvampire himself and be a good person so instead of biting people's necks and uh, killing them he would have bags of animal blood in his fridge so he's fine killing animals i guess like fluffy is gone but hey you know i got to eat tonight you eat meat (laughs) i don't eat fluffy Oh, but I don't think it's someone's pet cat that he's got in the fridge. Okay. So he's, like, running a pest control business on the side. I, I want to say he has, like, a veterinarian friend. There was, like, there's something in there. Again, I only watch it casually. But I was thinking of this TV show, and I was like, I gotta, I don't know, I gotta look this up on Wikipedia and see what the deal is. Turns out the show originally was a pilot starring none other than Rick Springfield as a vampire. <laughs> what? Oh, yes. Wow. Is there only one episode? It was a made-for-TV movie, and that was supposed to be the pilot, and they would make the TV show based off of that. Um, I don't think it did very well. Yeah. But years later, it was picked up, I guess, in Canada, then shown on CBS, uh, but the very first episode of the TV show is pretty much the made-for-TV movie, but without Rick Springfield. Well, then why would you want to watch it? Yeah, that's why I did not continue watching it. Huh. You know, there were a lot of TV shows at that time that started as TV movies that were clearly just like pilot episodes for TV series. Oh, for sure. Uh, I think the first episode of Quantum Leap is basically like a movie. Oh, I didn't realize that one started like that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was one of those. uh, Generation X, that was another one that they tried to do, but uh, that's a movie for another podcast. Oof. All right, so now that we've kind of got an example of what we're looking for here today, uh, what are your thoughts, Lee? Do you have any shows you want to share with us? Well, um, since you started out with one you've actually seen, I, I made a list when you told me about this. And a few of the things on my list I actually haven't seen, but I wanted to talk about. The most obscure show that I've been trying to track down for years is called Frank Leaves for the Orient. And I see you rolling your eyes because you know you've heard me talk about this a hundred times. I've been searching for it too, and we can get into that, but I guess, should I say what I think it is? I mean, I kind of already know because you've been obsessed with it for 20 years. Have you watched it? Uh, I watched that clip. That was on YouTube for a while, and then that was enough. Okay. Yeah, what do you think this is about? So Frank is tired of his life, 
needs a change, decides to up and move to the Orient. So it's his adventures of leaving and maybe being overseas and adjusting to life there. So you kind of on the right track, but it stopped after six episodes. So he never actually, he actually never makes the trip. He never really? leaves. How much time does this guy need to pack? He's dapper, he's lovable, he doesn't like his life, he's frank. He's a lot like you, he's frank. Even for the Orient Frank. This show was on Comedy Central, I want to say like 1999-ish. And it only had six episodes. I started watching it at like episode three, I think. So I didn't even know how this the plot started and it was a serialized show and i think every episode is like his next day and his like one week plan to like you know what i'm moving to japan all of a sudden which i mean really doesn't sound like something like you know i would do or anything <laughs> cough but <laughs> wait uh, is your life now based on frank leaves for the orient yes all right um, i hope you're not canceled after six episodes yeah. so anyway i was like planning like uh, do you remember the the preview channel that you would see on tv the one with like the blue screen and it would like tell you the show's coming up yeah well i remember like going to their website or something at the time and finding out that frankly's for the orient was going to start over after the sixth episode and i had like my tape ready to go i was like all right i'll start taping it when it plays again I go to tape it. It's not Frankly's for the Orient. I switch to the preview channel. It says it's Frankly's for the Orient, but it's not. So I never oh. see this show again. Everybody I've told about it is like, what are you talking about? At some point, I managed to track down like a writing assistant or something for the show and got them to send me a couple episodes. <laughs> There's like one clip that's been on YouTube for like 15 years. Well, I guess not that long, but you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, I think that's they're sitting around a table or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing I saw. There's, like, nothing on this show out there. Um, and then recently you found me a couple episodes, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I always talk about Lost Media on here, and I feel like a broken record doing so, but I was, again, on the Lost Media wiki, and I was thinking, I'm on this site all the time. Why don't I make a page for Frank Leaves for the Orient and be a good pal? But before I do that, let's give YouTube one last look so I don't upload it or, you know, post an article and look like a jerk and everything's on YouTube. Turns out, like a month before, someone uploaded the whole thing to YouTube. Which, I mean, no complaint. And here's the irony. I've been looking for this for years and I fell asleep at like the third episode in. <laughs> I tried to binge watch them all. But Did you end up watching all of them? No, I really need to go back and finish it. Wow, I'm glad I put so much effort into finding a YouTube video. <laughs> Thanks. I'm glad you did a Google search for me. You're welcome. I remember this was also around the time The Daily Show was switching to Jon Stewart and kind of the new format of the show. Right. And so they were also rebuilding the Comedy Central website. And for a long time, like maybe even years, when you would go to The Daily Show or the Comedy Central website and click The Daily Show... The URL would be like comedycentral.com slash Frank. 
Like they just oh. they just deleted the Frank Leaves for the Orient page and put the Daily Show in that slot. Wow. Yeah. I kind of want to internet way back machine that later. Yeah, it was pretty entertaining. What about you? What's next on your list? Well, I know we just discussed uh, my previous one, which was a made-for-TV movie pilot. So I will talk about another made-for-TV movie pilot for Doghouse. No, put that away. (laughs) Get it away from me. All right, so Doghouse is, you guessed it, Canadian, but it also aired on the USA Network. And this was, I believe, late... Oh, no, sorry. It was 90 to 91. It it was really bad. I would watch it on YTV, and the theme song would always get stuck in my head. And I would, like, to this day, I sing it in my head all the time. He was out on a call, just doing his job. He'd be the cop and the king, I know. They were hot in the truth when they hit a wire. Police car went up in fire. I don't believe it. Believe it. Uh, basically, there's this police sergeant who's in a car accident and gets transported, his mind and everything gets transported into a dog. So the dog lives with his sister-in-law and her three kids. And now the dog talks and he's this wisecracking police sergeant. The dog is a police sergeant? Well, he's not. He's a dog now, but it's the guy's brain and his, yeah, dog. So it's like RoboCop, but with a dog. It's pretty bad. Is it, like, even good enough to, like, watch and laugh at, or is it, like, that painfully bad? It's that painfully bad. Of course you have it on DVD. Why is this on DVD? How is Frank Leaves for the Orient not on DVD and your show is? I don't know, but when I got this in the mail, I was thinking, you know, I, I've scoured the internet for doghouse stuff for years, and I, I found the opening, and that's about it. There's no articles, there's nothing on there. I wonder if there's going to be a quote on the back saying, like, this is a great show, Toronto Sun, or something. So I get it, and to my delight, there is a quote on the back of this, and I will show you. The quote is, oh my god, that is funny, Billy Madison madison hotel what my reaction exactly like okay so whoever the graphic designer is on this piece of crap is just a billy madison fan so uh, i'm like it's this is this line even in billy madison i haven't watched billy madison since it first came out so i'm googling around i find a clip of billy madison saying this he's in like a little living room with his friends watching tv He's watching a clip of Doghouse. <laughs> Speak for yourself, moron. <laughs> oh my god, that is funny! So now I'm like, I thought it was just some punk graphic artist that was putting a little quote into until he found an actual quote. And I'm like, I got a lot of respect for this guy now. I'll be honest with you, when you were setting that up, I really thought you were going to flip the the box of this thing over and it would say i've been looking for doghouse for years lens at <laughs> that's my dream to be included on some dvd box art one day oh wow maybe we'll make that dream come true considering you know dvds are totally having a rise in sales now oh 
But yeah, so don't watch this, but uh, YouTube, the theme song for Doghouse, highly recommended. I mean, you're talking about dogs, so I feel like it's only appropriate that the next thing I bring up is the new monkeys. My name is Helen, and I live with these four rock stars in a house you're just never going to believe. Okay, so you know the monkeys, right? I am familiar. The 60s group, Last Train to Clarksville. Hey, hey, we're this band. Hey, hey, we're the Beatles. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, there was an 80s reboot of the old Monkees TV show, I guess on MTV or something. Right. And uh, it only had a few episodes before it was canceled. Big surprise. But I, I, I don't understand how you could reboot a band and a TV show. I like. I don't. I'm really confused as to how you just reboot a band. Like, wait. In what year was that? Um, I actually have the vinyl record here, and of course you do. Uh, there is a copyright year on it. I should hope so. 1987. It's probably so, public domain now. Did people care about the monkeys in 1987 enough to warrant a TV show and band and album release? Well, uh, not only did they not care, um, apparently the actual monkeys were going like down in popularity at the time too. Go figure. Excellent timing. Yeah. I'm looking at this album cover and there's like a Corey Hart looking guy, a vanilla ice looking guy. Uh, this one guy's got like eighties Crocs on. With his rolled up like acid wash jeans, yeah. Like if you Google them, one of their songs that like isn't on this record but was on the show was called like "Only the Clonely" or something. Like, a clone of my own. Clone of my own. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the new monkeys is a thing. But that was like a thing in the eighties. They would just like keep bringing back shows. And it was like they expected people to like it. Like, there was one called The Munsters Today. And it was like, what if the Munsters just woke up and it's the 1980s? Boom. That's it. That's the show. That's as deep as it gets. Guess what? That probably had like two seasons. Wait, did they redo The Partridge Family at all? I wouldn't be surprised. That would actually be a cool 80s show. I'm curious now, so I'm typing the new part Ridge family. Did they go to Kings Island again in the 80s? Oh, boy. There's a 2005 The New Partridge Family TV movie. Uh, so apparently you can just reboot a band whenever you feel like it. In Search of the Partridge Family? From what? 2004 series? With Emma Stone? Girl, what are you Wh- doing? What? Yeah. Emma Stone is what in the is Partridge happening? family? Oh my god, we're going to have to look this up later because I'm, I'm shook. Okay then. There was that show called That 80s Show that was a spinoff of That 70s Show. Do right. that? It was very yeah, I think I watched half an episode and then peaced out. Yeah, they're all like, let me drink my new Coke and solve my Rubik's Cube. And uh, that was kind of like 
a same take on the whole new monkeys thing, right? They're like, we're just going to like, you like that 70s show, so why wouldn't you watch that 80s show? Do you think they could do a that 90s show now? Because people are really into that 90s nostalgia. Well, if you think about it, at the time, it was the 90s referencing a 70s show. We're now that same period of time away from the 90s. Ooh, stay tuned, kids. So don't be surprised if you see something where people are, like, drinking Surge and typing in AOL keywords. But what about you? You got any, like, reboot shows on your list? Like, reboot? Reboot is not on my list, uh, sadly. But, you know, I've talked enough about Canadian shows, and I will go back to Canadian shows, but I'll talk about an Australian show this time. It's very Canadian of you. Thank you. It's very polite of you. Hey. So my friends and I ended up getting obsessed when we accidentally found an Australian comedy show called Let the Blood Run Free. Uh, okay. Accurate reaction. Not mad at you. It ran from 1990 to 1994. Is it another and, vampire show? Um, you know, kind of. Okay. Let the blood run free. Starring Gene Kitson as Nurse Pam Sandwich, Brian Nankervis as Dr. Ray Good, Helen Knight as Nurse Ethics, David Swan as Dr. Richard Lovechild, Peter Rosethorn as Warren Plunkshaw, Linda Gibson as Matron Conniving Bitch, and Mark Cutler as Detective Inspector Slevin. Uh, it was it's a parody of soap operas that take place in a hospital and it started as an Australian comedy group doing live shows like this and at the end of the show it was all improvised at the end of the show they would kind of let their audience decide what would happen next and when they got the television show in Australia you could call in and say like oh I want option A or option B what? and then they would whatever got the most votes that's what they would do so by the time it got shown in Canada, it was, you know, Canadians had no say in it, but they still had the little screen at the end where you could press this button for option A. That's amazing. So it's really cool and it's really funny. And like all soap operas, it got off the rail. So there was vampire stuff and just insanity. That's amazing. I love that interactive kind of stuff like that um there was a a gong show reboot somewhere in the late 90s that was on game show network and the deal was if you called in and enough people called in it would turn the meter far enough that you would gong somebody on the show oh you know the idea being like it's a terrible act enough people call in they're off the show did you see the the new gong show they had this past year i don't know if it's still on or not it was with mike myers no oh, mike myers is still a it, wait yeah he's playing wait, a is, character okay is he on the gong show as a host or a contestant at this point yes no he was the host but he's all dressed up in prosthetics and he doesn't go by mike myers it's like a bit again are you sure oh so with Let the Blood Run Free, we were seeing this after, it was like on Friday nights on CBC after Kids in the Hall and all that. So every time I'd have sleepovers, me and Heather and Leanne would always watch this. And I remember we would actually play Let the Blood Run Free at school. 
because we were not the cool kids. Wait, you were like cosplaying as a show? Not really cosplaying, but at recess, we'd be like, oh, I'm Matron Dorothy and I'm Pam. So did one of you have to go find a payphone to finish playing? Yeah. Oh. Besides episodes that I had accidentally taped, we didn't really have access to it after it stopped playing on the CBC. So for years, you know, we would still talk about this show and make references to it, but we hadn't seen it forever. And then in the early 2000s, it finally got a DVD release. And I believe it's also all on YouTube. I highly suggest you guys go look for it and watch. It was weird. There were shows that you could put so much of yourself into and like really invest in them, even though they were obscure and maybe you were seeing them much later. Like I know when I was a kid and Get Smart reruns started showing on Nick at Night, like that was my favorite show. And of course, nobody my age knew what I was talking about. Yeah. Um, there was one I remember uh, from this era, particularly that a friend of a friend at school had told me to watch because I was kind of obsessed with the Dodge Viper, like the car. Okay. And, and there was this girl in Wait, class. Outside of a DeLorean, I don't think I've ever seen you obsessed with a car. The only two cars I've ever had any interest in are a DeLorean and a Viper. Okay. Yeah. Viper, really not so much now. Hmm. But uh, I had done this presentation in class where I compared a DeLorean to a Viper. Oh my God! You and would. I had I had drawn <laughs> I had drawn these pictures of it, and I remember I drew the Viper in front of Toys R Us for some reason, like with the stripes on the building. Anyway, so after my presentation, like at recess or something, this girl's like, "Hey, you know, there's a Viper TV show," and I'm like, "What? What do you mean?" It's like, "Yeah, a TV show." And I'm like, "Okay, so like somebody in a show drives Viper." She's like. No, there is a Viper TV show. And I'm, like, thinking this is totally bogus. And she's like, no, watch it. It comes on at whenever this channel. And so I watch it. There is a show where the Viper is, like, the main character. It's like Knight Rider, except <laughs> he's driving a Viper around. Does a Viper talk like Kitwood or? It's just a cool car. The, the the gimmick was that it had this cool morphing transition where it would go from a regular Viper to a Super Viper. Is Super Viper a car you can actually get or is that just something for the show? Just for the show. Oh, okay. But I think people have like made their Viper look like the Viper in the show. And anyway, somehow this was on for a few seasons. It just came out on DVD pretty recently um so i might actually revisit it uh as far as i know there was only ever like one toy tie-in to it and it was like this really junky rc car of the super viper and i had it i had the the one toy as far as i know from viper that's how invested i was in this show so was viper protected by viper step away from the car Step away from the car. I, I, that's the only obscure show I can think of where I got, like, merchandise for it. Yeah, usually, I don't think any of these other shows had merchandise, nor should they. I know there was an episode of The Daily Show where they gave away a Frankly's for the Orient tote bag as a joke. 
Uh, you have any like car related shows or transforming things? Funny you should ask. I don't, but I will tell you about Genesis Storytime. Yeah, go ahead. Explain this. Oh, okay. Well, I have, I've written about it for Pop Rewind, and I love when I get comments on it because it makes me feel not alone in this. So this was a show and a television channel from 1983. So it was a Canadian television station that showed images drawn on screen with storybook captions and no sound. And it ran for 24 hours a day. Uh, in the States, I believe it was just, and I think in Winnipeg and other places, it was just uh, like an hour block of programming. But in Ontario, it was a full-on channel, and I was obsessed with this channel. And when I would try to explain it to people, they thought I was nuts, because they had no recollection of this thing. Wait a minute. It was basically just like video game graphics with story time? Um, it was way worse than uh, video game graphics. It was like hand-drawn, but on a computer, and it looked sort of hand-drawn with a mouse, and you know, kind of jagged. Oh, man. So it's like MS Paint, the TV show. <laughs> yeah. So I finally, just Googling around one day, I finally just went from layer to layer to layer and found out it was actually called Genesis Storytime. I haven't been able to find any footage from it. But I found one of the guys who created it. He now has, um, it's called Bible for Children. Okay. It's a website. And I went to it and I'm like, oh, I wonder what it is. And it's the same style. And it even has the logo in the bottom that I remember. Because there would be like this little heart logo in the bottom. And it would start flashing when uh, the screen would be changing soon. So you can hurry up and read everything on the screen. Whoa, that's a really good idea. But looking back at it and all the, the information I found online, as little as it is, there was a lot of mentions of Bible stuff, which I don't, I guess it was more of a religious thing. I don't really remember a lot of that. They had a lot of um, Mr. Men cartoons on there. Well, not really cartoons, but I guess drawings. Um, but it was, yeah, I loved that channel. So it was a whole channel. This wasn't just a show you were into. No, it was a whole channel, but it was a show uh, in certain areas. I think mostly in the States. Okay. Yeah, I got to say this isn't one that I'm familiar with, but I can understand your interest in it because I really used to watch that preview channel a lot. You just see the show scroll up the TV screen, and I could just watch that channel for hours. I'd put it on at night sometimes. I think there's something wrong with both of us. (laughs) There's a reason that there's the two of us doing a podcast together nowadays. Yeah, that's... yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of nowadays... Oh. You remember the show Clarissa Explains It All? I know of it. Okay. So, pretty popular show in the early 90s. I know that was more of a U.S. show than Canadian. Yeah. But uh, that was Melissa Joan Hart on Nickelodeon. That's where she got her start. Well... For some reason, that had a spinoff show that had one episode, and it was oh. it was called Clarissa Now, and it was terrible. Like they took this like wacky, like free spirited, like teenager from the Nickelodeon show and said, "All right, now you have a real job," and it was as drab as it could possibly be. Was it still Melissa Joan Hart? Yes. Oh, and it was only one episode? Yeah. 
Wow. I mean, she was a big, well, she's still a big name, but she was a big name then. You think that would be enough to carry it? There is a universe out there where she got picked up for Clarissa now and Sabrina the Teenage Witch never happened. You know, Melissa and Joey, I think, is still on, or it was at least on for way too long. I think Clarissa now, yeah, that should have been on a little longer, unless it was that terrible. (laughs) It was pretty bad. It was like, you know, every single thing that you like about Clarissa explains it all, gone. Now this is Clarissa, and Clarissa now. And I remember kind of the, depressing. I think the theme song was, the theme song for Clarissa Explains It All was like really cool '90s. In fact, it said "way cool" in the theme song a few times, and uh, it kind of had this thing that went na 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 na. And I'm pretty sure on Clarissa now it was like a sad sitcom version of that, like na 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 na. Oh. Yeah, it was bad. Speaking of Nickelodeon shows, I've got another Canadian one, but it aired on Nickelodeon in the U.S. of A. Really? It did. Uh, It's called Boogie's Diner, ran from 94 to 95. And uh, it was essentially Saved by the Bell in a Diner. Is this a live action show? It's live action. Um, Interestingly, it stars Cyclops. Wait, like from the movies? James Marsden. Marsden? Marsden. I'm really confused. Why would I have never heard of a show called Boogie's Diner? I love this show. You... I think I ended up finding a little clip of it on YouTube, but other than that, it's really hard to come by. It's about eight teenagers who work at Boogie's Diner, a popular mall hangout. And all the teenagers, they work in different departments of the diner. Okay. Which is also a mall and like a fashion outlet. It's weird. It's very strange. But yeah, Cyclops stars. And my favorite character was Kirby, who was like the wacky diner clerk. Played by Zach Ward. Who's that? Uh, he was on Titus. He's like he's a real cute redhead. He was on Titus. He was also in uh, Christmas Story. Okay. He was also in the first episode, not the TV pilot with Rick Springfield, but the very first episode of Forever Night. It all ties back to Forever Night. It all ties back to my love of redheads. Your whole life is Forever Night. I mean, it could be worse. No, I really don't think it could be. What if my whole life was Doghouse? Well, suddenly Forever Night doesn't look too bad. And I got some smarmy St. Bernard (laughs) giving me orders. Well, okay, you were talking about Adam Sandler with that. I don't know if you're aware of this. There was this really obscure band in the 80s called Dog Police. In fact... okay. I wrote the Wikipedia article on Dog Police once, and somebody <laughs> deleted my article because they said, this seems so obscure, you can't prove it, despite me owning the record, and I knew that Weird Al played their music videos when he would host MTV. Anyway, this is wow. now back on Wikipedia, not my article, but because it was discovered that Adam Sandler was in a pilot for this show called Dog Police that used... The song Dog Police by the band Dog Police for the show in which he played a dog who worked for the police. 
Well, now you can contribute the Weird Al references to the Dog Police Wiki. But that ties back into your whole doghouse Adam Sandler thing. Are both of our lives doghouse now? I think Weird Al works its way into anything we do. Yeah, stay tuned for more on that. (laughs) It's going to be a fun year for the listeners. For you X-Men fans out there, check out Boogie's Diner. And for you fans of Serenity, check out Flash Forward. Ooh, is that a Nathan Fillion uh, project? Uh, No, it's an old 90s show with Joel State in it. I really liked this show when I was a kid because it was like one of the few TV shows that felt like it dealt with real issues that you had as an awkward middle schooler, high schooler. So just, you know, mainly like social interactions and things, but without being over the top, like Degrassi or something. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of like, these are my friends or something. You know, you could easily see yourself in these situations. Flash forward to years later. (laughs) I met Jill State at a comic convention and uh you know I paid to get my photo with her and I don't know what I don't know what to say to Jewel State. I'm sure I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I think you ended up cutting it out, but uh, I, I wanna keep it in. I didn't know what to say to Jewel State <laughs> because I know a lot of people know her from this show called Serenity that I've never seen. Firefly. Yes, Firefly. The movie was Serenity, though, so you're not you're not wrong. Okay, yes, thank you. Obviously, I don't know any of her work since 1996's <laughs> Flash Forward, so I'm kind of just, like, looking around while we have a minute of awkwardness, and I'm like, uh, really liked Flash Forward. She was like, thanks. All right. I've had a conversation with Jewel State now. She was super nice, but I was such a nerd. So anyway, on a totally unrelated note, there was also a show called Science Court. And I only caught a few episodes. It was like kind of past my time. It was like a kid's show, Saturday morning thing. Um, But it was hilarious. And it was done in that same style as Dr. Katz, that squiggle vision. Oh, Okay. And so it kind of ties into that whole, like, Dr. Katz, Home Movies, Bob's Burgers group of folks that all seem to cross paths. So Was it by the same people as Dr. Katz and all that? Yeah. Oh, okay. So uh, I would highly recommend trying to find this. I and mean, it might be a show that's better if, like, you have kids and they want something semi-educational. Maybe you can find old episodes of Science Court or something. But it was that same type of like very subtle humor as home movies and dr cats that's pretty cool so was this before dr cats and all that no this was like 2000 ish i saw oh wow i saw it in high school at some point and i only caught a few episodes but they're hilarious now i'm kind of curious did you learn any science from it i knew a little bit more about geology than i did starting in Hmm. or was that genealogy Oh. I am stuck somewhere between a rock and a family. <sighs> and that's been another episode of the Pop Rewind podcast. 
that's that's just about everything on my list that I've got for this topic. What about you? Uh, I think we've got one that we need to talk about together. You start out with this one. How did you find out about this show? I found out about this show from you. Whoa. <laughs> There's a little sitcom called Check It Out uh, from the, I believe, mid-80s. Yeah, that sounds right. It's Canadian, but it also aired on the USA Network, so you guys had a chance to see it over in the States. Oh, so it still fits your criteria. Yep. Uh, and it stars Don Adams. You know, the guy from Get Smart. Uh, Lee was staying with me for a little bit one summer, and I was working nights, so he was kind of left to his own devices in the middle of the night in Canada, so there's really not much to do. Uh, my parents had satellite but Canadian satellite, so there was nothing on. And he got really addicted to this show called Check It Out. And so I came home one day, and he said, you need to watch this. So we did. And then we got obsessed. I've got so many VHS tapes of Check It Out in my closet. It's embarrassing. This show was only on the Canadian version of TV Land, so it wasn't airing in the U.S. at that time. And I was a huge Get Smart fan. Linda never heard of Get Smart, so she like doesn't even get like the references that this show makes back to Get Smart. Well, yeah, Don Adams comic timing. I'm like, I don't get it. Yeah, it's the exact. I appreciate same it now. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, shoppers. Welcome to Cobb. Special today: French omelets, two for a dollar. Basically, Don Adams owns or manages this grocery store and has a bunch of wacky employees to contend with, including the maintenance guy, Viker. Oh, I was going to tell you, I saw a movie the other day and Viker was in it. Viker is on NYPD Blue. Like, he did pretty well for himself. He was in Carrie 2, The Rage. <gasps> Are you serious? Yes. Okay, maybe he's not doing so well for himself anymore. <laughs> He's in it for, like, one scene, but I saw his name in the opening credits to the movie. I'm like, Viker's in this? I think we follow him on Twitter, but he never posts anything. Oh. I know. So, anyway, this is Don Adams working in this grocery store called Cobbs, and all the signs in the store are corn cobs, and they say, like, get your corn on the cobs. The show makes no sense. It's like it doesn't even try to make sense. Imagine, like, the episode of ALF that makes the least sense in your mind. And then multiply that by more negative nonsense, and that is check it out in Don Adams with a mustache. You going to keep that mustache? There's this one episode where he goes to his apartment, 
and the set piece breaks and they don't do a second take oh yeah that's the oddest couple i I believe this is all on youtube so you guys if you're gonna check out check it out be sure to watch the oddest couple because that's pretty much the only decent episode this bed like is coming down from the wall to some like really bad casio keyboard music but the prop (laughs) breaks and hits the floor and they just roll with it it never does a second take i showed this episode in a college communications class because they were like we were talking about shows from other countries and so i bring in a tape of check it out <laughs> from the faraway land of canada <laughs> somehow i made the class sit through an entire episode it's amusing they've got you know the assistant manager that's kind of waspy and then they've got uh the punk rock cashier and it's just a lot so of tropes weird. but it's it's so bad it loops back around to being kind of amusing yeah it's a great bad show in fact from what i recall there was a review on imdb for this show and it was like the only review maybe there's a second one finally but forever it was like the only review and it referred to the show as generic sitcom crapola and that's now what i call most crappy sitcoms that like i kind of want to enjoy like i'm gonna watch some sitcom crapola tonight Thank you, IMDb poster. <laughs> yeah, thanks for giving me that for life. Well, I don't know about you, but I can't wait to go listen to this new Monkees album that I've never opened. Uh, I'm hoping we find only the Clonely. <laughs> only the Clonely. I can't believe I paid $2 for this. Surely there was like a pack of gum that I could have valued more than this record. You probably could have got two packs of gum for $2. Oh, man. So... Anyway, I would say that just about wraps up this episode of the Pop Rewind podcast, but hey. Oh, since we're doing a podcast, I thought I would talk a little bit about a book. Well, that seems like an appropriate subject. I think so, too. Uh, Currently, I'm reading All the Single Girls by Janine Farino. Uh, You can catch her on Twitter at RetroTV underscore nerd. It's this really awesome book. I'm not done it yet. It's very extensive. It's very well researched. It goes through from like the 1930s or way back in TV's early days to the present day, detailing all the TV shows that have single female characters. Oh, that's interesting. And it goes through, I mean, it goes through the premise of the show, some key episodes, but it also gives history at the beginning of each decade. So you kind of get a feel for what was going on in the 70s and 80s and 90s and all that to kind of give more context to all these different shows. Gotcha. So what uh, what's the most interesting character that you've come across in here? Well, I get really geeked out when it's stuff like Murphy Brown and The Nanny and shows that I really, really love. And actually, Murphy Brown is on Antenna TV right now, Ooh. which, yeah, go check that out. See if Antenna TV's in your area. I love revisiting Murphy Brown. Anyway, I was really jazzed that It's a Living was included. Interesting. Because that's, yeah. that's another one of those shows that I get the theme song stuck in my head all the time. I would watch it as a kid, and it was a little more adult than, you know, six-year-old Lindsay should have been watching, I suppose. But I just, I loved it, and it was cool to see it in this book. Okay, so it sounds like uh, she's done her homework and would probably be a big fan of this episode of the podcast yeah probably it's a really interesting read it's very extensive uh check it out it's all the single girls from janine farino 
retro tv nerd sorry retro tv underscore nerd on twitter and i'm gonna do a proper review i'll do a write-up on the website with a little more information but in the meantime be sure to check that out sounds good yeah we usually do this recommendation segment at the end of the show and i gotta tell you i don't really have anything to recommend right now i feel horrible i mean you've already recommended the new monkeys oh no i'm not recommending the new monkeys Welcome to the unrecommendation corner. I guess in terms of what I've been up to lately, um, I've gotten into Game Boy camera photography, funtography, as it were. Is funtography what the the kids say? Uh, funtography was the marketing they used for the Game Boy camera. Oh, was it? Yeah, there's actually oh. a Game Boy camera like player's guide that really shows you all the ins and outs of what I guess we would now call an app of the Game Boy camera. And what? Yeah, I can't find it. Uh, so if anybody has a copy, let me know. I've, I've found a PDF, but I'd like to get the actual book. Uh, so is this a, an actual Nintendo release? Yeah, it's like an official player guide? Nintendo player guide for Game Boy camera. I had no idea the, ca- the Game Boy camera went this far. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like... I'm still learning its limitations and working within its limitations to get any kind of decent photos out of it. I mean, you're talking about like a camera that's the first selfie camera that a lot of people had or the first digital camera people had. So it's a very important camera in history, but it's also a very terrible camera in history. And so that makes it kind of a fun challenge to try to get usable images off this thing. I would love to see you photograph, not you be the wedding photographer, but have you at a wedding taking photographs of the bride and groom and just seeing how that turns out. Those would be awesome wedding photos. Right? That's what I'm trying to do is take everyday photos with it and not just like selfies like I'm playing one of the mini games in it. Yeah. I liked the, you had a colorized version on your Facebook I saw. Yeah. Um, I manually colored that in Photoshop, but I've oh, also, okay. there is a technique that I can use to make color photography off the Game Boy camera, and I'm going to try to do that. Like it doesn't involve Photoshopping? Uh, you reassemble it in Photoshop. Oh. But you're basically using gels in front of the lens to capture the red data, the blue data, and the green data, and then you layer them in Photoshop. That also means keeping the Game Boy camera completely still, and there's not like there's a tripod for this, so like I've seen people make tripods out of spam cans. I might try that. (laughs) Who knew the spam can would come in handy? Yeah, right? You know, we always joke, well, it's not a joke because we both have obsession of the days. I think Game Boy and Game Boy Camera have been one of the longest running ones that I've seen you have. Well, and the reason for that is I never had a Game Boy Camera because I had, like, I was a pretty early adopter to digital cameras in the 90s. Like, my parents had one, so, you know, I was shooting on floppy disk way back when. (laughs) And then... I found one of these Game Boy cameras at a flea market like a year ago, and it was ten bucks. I picked it up, kind of had fun with it, and was like, "All right, now how do I how do I get my pictures off here?" And so that's turned into this really long thing that I could bore somebody with later. Long story short, 
I now have a way to get my pictures off there, and so I'm having a little more fun with it. Sounds like we're wrapping up here on the PopRewind.com podcast brought to you by PopRewind.com. And, and it may be a little bit before we record another one, just because, you know, it may be a little bit before we record another one. But we're online. Yeah. Would you believe it? Instagram. Oh, my gosh. We're on there a lot. And a bunch of other places. That's right. We're on Facebook and Twitter and Google Plus or whatever that is. Although, is that no, you guys anymore? don't. I don't think it is. I, I stop don't know. stop on, contacting us on Google+. Plus. We're done with that. <laughs> we're on SoundCloud. Uh, I believe we're also on Stitcher and whatever iTunes. the Google podcasts were on iTunes. Uh, I mean, you can add us on Snapchat, but, dude, I think I'm, I'm giving up on Snapchat. I, I just, yeah. I'm too old, you guys. I'm sorry. I'm too old. But if you, if you want to see something on our Snapchat, let us know. Not through Snapchat, but let us know on Twitter, because I check that a lot. And Lee is, Lee's obsessed with Instagram, so you'll find a lot of his stuff there. I pipe in once in a while, but he's got a much more interesting life than I have, so he's all over <laughs> it. <laughs> no, what happens is I go to, uh, like a thrift store or something and i take pictures of things and i think that's a month's worth of content but then when you post it you're like cool look at this wasn't an et glass or something you left behind yeah can't be doing that to me you gotta get that et glass for me oh i took a lot of heat for not buying that et glass well deserved yeah geez i'm trying to like declutter my life and move more toward a digital streamlined thing and that means getting rid of awesome things like et cups Mm. Well, you're lucky because I'm a hoarder, so just send it my way. No, I'm trying to cut back to we uh, these fun calls for a future episode. Yeah, yeah, we want to hear from you guys too. Are you guys hoarders? What are you doing with your stuff? Because you know what, I got a lot of crap. I got a lot of amiibos that are in boxes, and I just what do you I do can't with deal it? with it anymore. What do you do with it? I want to open them because then it's less room. But I do like the packaging, and oh my god, Sophie's choice. Hey, hey. All right, so the poll for this episode is Team Lens, if you don't want her to open her Amiibos. Team <laughs> Lee, if you want her to open her Amiibos. Again, what are you doing to me? Again, if you vote for Team Lens, she's got to open her Amiibos. No. If Team... Wait. <laughs> I don't know. Either way, I just want her to open her Amiibos so there's more room to hang out. It might be the kick in the pants that I need. I did open my newest Funko Pops. I got three of the Sonic ones. I opened them up right away. That's what I do. Because then it it destroys the temptation. You open it out of the box on your way back to the car from the store. And then you just throw the box away at the store and you're done. Well, I did it that night. And we had recycling, so I figured. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. But like like if I get a little figurine or something, I open it right away. But I mean, all these Sailor Moon ones coming out, Sonic the Hedgehog. If they do Terminator ones, I'm I'm toast. Yeah. Team Lee. Team Lens, you guys, don't make me open them. I'm not ready. We do this show over um, webcam, and I'm looking at the hundreds of boxes don't behind you it. right now. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I think it's time to open them. There's not that many. I got a lot of Rick and Morty ones, too, but I didn't order all the Rick and Morty ones this time. I only got Scary Terry and Pickle Rick. Oh, Scary Terry? Yeah. Mm. I might open him. I want to bring him to work. Yeah. Put him in my cubicle. 
can run, but you can't hide. <laughs> yeah, I can't say the rest of it. Gotta keep it PG for iTunes. Uh, yeah, did you know that? That Lindsay swears a lot, but we can't swear on this show because then iTunes won't like it. Yeah. It will detect her swearing. Yeah, I don't really know how that works. Like, if someone would have to report the podcast... Or if they're, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Lee edits it out. Yeah. And usually I just end up putting in, she, she hasn't realized this, but for the last few episodes when she swears, I've been dropping in uh, phrases from Sylvester the cat. Wait, so what? She'll, she'll be like, man, suffering succotash. I really can't stand that game. <laughs> I'm going to have to start listening to this podcast. It's <laughs> mm. so what you get for not reviewing my work before I upload it. Gotta learn somehow. Yep. All right, All right, so Team Lynn, so I don't have to open my Amiibos, and uh, we'll see you later. Team Lee, open that stuff up. That's been it this time for the Pop Rewind Podcast. Thank you. Good night. You've been great. Ten years, Pop Rewind Podcast. <laughs> I love Bye. my grandkids. Pop Rewind.com. Rewind.